Hi, Gem Stones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Blurg, Blurg, Blurg. Blurg, 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 Blurg. It's like Ray of Light, Madonna era. Today we're talking about episode eight, The Breakup, and this episode should really be entitled Race Relations. So <laughs> we further explore Liz Lemon's casual racism. I don't know if it's even pseudo racism. It's just unconscious racism. And then we've got some Tufer and Tracy animosity over their differing levels of blackness. And then Rachel Dratch comes in to sort of mediate the whole situation. In other storylines, we've got Condoleezza Rice being groped by Putin. And the reason for the name of the episode, The Breakup, Dean Winters are delightful to Julie, less delightful to most of us. <laughs> Dennis. Everyone is attracted to Dennis. Everyone is secretly attracted to Dennis. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we can all be attracted to Dean Winters. Dennis um, and Liz's relationship becomes even more fraught. And the fault lines begin to fully fissure, and eventually, do they break up? We'll find out. <laughs> On this episode of Blurg. <laughs> Buckle up, it's time for Blurg. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. I love this episode. I do love any episode with Dean Winters in it. Um, uh, I started looking at the ratings that other people have given it. And it's amateurs who don't know about gemstones and how they're really created and <laughs> what they mean. So the and how IMDb, there are hundreds of them. And hundreds. Because out of the show worth more. Fool, please. It's out of 100, obviously. Well, this official rating from IMDb is a 7.8 on a scale of 1 to 10. Frank agrees. Very low. Very low. Yeah, so, I mean, that does feel pretty low. Don't you think? I mean, I love this episode. I do love any Dennis episode. He is hilarious. Um, we start out in her apartment, and he is just <laughs> creating a million holes in the wall while looking for the stud in the hopes of giving her a hospital-quality television, which he doesn't want that. I love, first with of all, Liz Lemon. Too. <laughs> What'd you What's say, that, Emma? Emma? Making the holes with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I know, with the butter knife. Um, first of all, Liz Lemon is Rain Man. That is now canon. She immediately walks in and determines exactly how many holes there are. There are nine. She is correct. I went back and counted. Nice. But the entire time that she was, he was like, um, Dennis was like, I'm looking for a stud. I imagine Julie just like all curled up in her slank and being like, I see a stud right there, Dean Winters. <laughs> I see a stud and it's you. Wow, you do my inside of my head voice really well. I just imagine you being very sultry and gravel voice. like With my winter coat on and my scarf. <laughs> she's perpetually cold. It is like a little chilly. It's windy right now. So uh, Dennis has brought in his nephew, his cousin's dog. And uh, Liz the is horse, allergic. Horse, the horse. It's a Great Dane. And Liz is allergic. And he says that al allergies are all mental, right? And then the cousin is also still there. So she's super pissed. Rightfully so. And decides to kick him out. Uh, Dennis does try to defend himself by saying, um, first, I love you. Yes. And then you can't kick me out. I have squatter's rights. To what win. is it? You love me or you have squatter's rights? I don't know why those are mutually exclusive, <laughs> um, which is an excellent line and true. And it's like, just come at it from all angles. Do like the Hannibal where you're attacking the enemy lines from all sides. First with an I love you. I love you should always be an attack. And then with <laughs> squatter's rights, it's like legally, I don't know that you can displace me. 
So Liz Lemon being super Liz Lemon still does give him a week to find another place. Like her kicking out, it's like, you need to find other arrangements within seven days. Where's he supposed to go? So she runs into Jenna or she and Jenna meet at the coffee cart around the corner from 30 Rock. And they're talking about Dennis and um, Tina Fey said, you know, but he was always really nice to me. And then they show a little montage of him bringing her donuts and making chili and wanting her if she wants to order cheesesteaks. I love it. Which is beautiful because it super subverts the uh, midnight waking up like, hey, do you want to bang? And it's now like, hey, do you want to get cheesesteaks? And I relate so much to Liz Lemon being that food motivated where all of my biggest <laughs> joys in life, I can absolutely remember exactly what meal I was having during that time. And it reminds me of that one... It became a meme where they were describing different pets at like a pet show or an adoption thing. And it had for each animal's personality a little blurb. And one of their personalities was, I'm very shy, but I'm very food motivated. So I'm just a few <laughs> tweets away from being your new best friend. Um, and that's essentially Liz Lemon. Do you think that could be like your grinder profile or something? You could like put that up? I think, yeah. I mean, I think saying I'm very food motivated just opens the door for a lot of uh, meat euphemisms and innuendos <laughs> that, you know, and if they're cleverly done, maybe I'll entertain, but so often they're just so clunky and Aww. I'm less in for It's like, I, I used to have on my grinder profile that I'm into Hitchcock and humanities because I'm like, <laughs> I'm worldly and I've seen a film. So like, <laughs> come at me. But there's so many people would be like, do you want to hitch a ride on my cock? And I'd be like, <sighs> I mean, what are you doing later? <laughs> uh, but no, we'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe I think 30 Rock should be the pool from which I determine all my future grinder and Tinder profile from now on. Agreed. That just makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would yours be from the 30 Rock canon? Oh, I don't know. I feel like there's one. a lot of material that would work for you and your specific desires, which is Matthew Modine. <laughs> From Vision Quest. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Do not mock what you do not understand, okay? He I did a cursory hot. Google search. Tall, broad <laughs> shoulders down to a narrow butt. Looks amazing. Mild eating disorder. You know what working ass for. I was like, narrow butt and mild eating disorders. It's a very specific niche. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I just love him. I love him so much. And he loves Linda Fiorentino. He has really bad hair in that movie. And I have really bad hair. So obviously he likes people with really bad hair. Anyway, so we meet up with Liz and Jenna at the coffee cart because we're beginning sort of Rachel Dratch's slow demise away from super being in the show and Jenna becoming more of a feature. And we see that with all of these very interesting Liz and Jenna moments, which are very season one and not super apparent and evident in any of the future seasons. So it's always weird when those things happen, when they try to try to try Oh, when they try to strike like uh, moral resonance or like a, a super weighty emotional moment. And it's like, I don't know that that's the show and it won't be for long. No, but I love that. It seems like Liz is crying and she said, no, the, De- the great Dane licked her <laughs> eyes. That is disgusting and has happened to me. So. And you've been licked friend. in the eyes. Uh, I've been licked in the inside of my mouth. Let's go back by a dog. Like I was asleep. My mouth was open. And my dog came and licked the roof of my mouth as a child. Oh, brutal. It's okay. I grabbed my sister's toothbrush and just scraped away and I felt fine. <laughs> Honestly, I, 
no, I cannot fault your response. It's a perfect Thank response. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been licked on the inside of my cheek by a, by a person. My first girlfriend in high school, she was curious as to why we weren't kissing after a month of dating. And I was just like, you know, I just really care about you. And I think we should take it slow. <laughs> Okay, what's her face? Of one of your cheeks. Yeah, so <laughs> she kamikaze attacked me mid-sentence when I was still talking because I was like, oh, if there's silence, then that's just going to be an excuse for us to kiss. And obviously that can't happen. So I'm just going to keep talking because since she can't, oh, and then she just like went for it and then just went full, oh, here comes the tongue. And it was just sort of like me, stone-faced, open mouth with just like, <laughs> things jutting out of my cheek as she kept finding new crannies within my cavities to like yeah it was rough it was really rough there is really nothing more fun than being kissed by somebody that you have no interest in kissing and kissing someone that has no interest in kissing you it's just it's a dream come true i've been on both sides of that i've been kissing someone where literally your eyes are wide open and their tongue is going back and forth and you're just like what's what's happening right now <laughs> And I've also been the one to lean in and then be like, oh, that was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Read that situation completely wrong. Honestly, it is like doing a podcast with Liz Lemon. And that is you. And I guess that makes me Jenna. Which, like, honestly kind of works a little bit. You are not Jenna. I like you. I do not like Jenna. Is it you don't like Jenna or you don't like Jane Krakowski? It's a combo platter. Like both, either either pick one. Yeah. No. I mean, if I saw her on street, I wish her happiness and joy and laughter. You know what I mean? I'm sure she's a good person, but it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't want to kiss her. I don't want her to kiss me. I don't want to be a part of that. I feel like that would be Liz Lemon's second song at the discotheque would be (laughs) (laughs) Alanis Morissette's I want nothing but the best for you. I have to say Liz Lemon at the discotheque, the club named, (laughs) uh, what is it? Duvet. I mean, that is Julie Sunderland to a fucking T. Seriously. I cannot tell you. I've had that experience where someone's like, can I sit, you know, can I sit here? I'm like, why? There's fucking room everywhere. What is the problem? God. Now I wouldn't have thought then, will they buy me? I already have a drink. Will they buy me mozzarella sticks? But yeah, I just, I should, I should not leave the house. That was my favorite line of the episode. I think upon initial watching, that provided my best laugh with like, I already have a drink. Would they buy me mozzarella sticks? Because like, honestly, what goes better than a drink? Something fried and cheesy. It's just the way she also says it. Do you think he'd buy me mozzarella sticks? <laughs> like, can I, can I get some free cheese? New realms of pleasure. So we go to the discotheque <laughs> with Jenna and Liz under the guise of celebrating her no longer being with Dennis. After Liz's performance with the male populace at large, Jenna starts to wonder if Dennis is maybe not so bad because how else is Liz ever going to find companionship and love? After seeing her behavior, oh, and I, I thought I wrote down the name of the law firm, but it's Cockington Dicks and Date Rape or whatever. It's like Date Rape and Jag or something. Yeah, Date Rape, Cocking, cocking Sucks and Jag. They're hilarious. Poor Jenna. Poor Jenna. Poor Liz. I'm sorry, Liz. I was like, you feel bad for Jenna? Twist. Character growth. Um, Never. No, it was... No, I did write it down. It was, I think, from the firm Date Rape, Cockington, Cheeseball, and Jag. Yes. I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, well. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I do like that the one connection she did forge was with a man who was already with a man. Oh, my God, yes. And that is so true because the gays are so much easier to talk to and they're just friendly and it's just awesome. 
And then you develop real feelings. <laughs> yes. She's like, I like your eyes. And then they're like, you can, she says you can put a long, a long, long win on a ferret. It would look like Jessica Simpson. Poor. And this is like one of the first signs. I guess we see it in literally every episode. Liz, when she's in an uncomfortable situation, will immediately go towards backed in the corner defensive mean, where it's just she's trying to. Is there another dumb. option? But it's we like, what else are you going to do? Honestly, yeah. If you feel uncomfortable in a situation, obviously you're going to lash out with jokes that are actually just cruel reads on people. Duh. Yeah, that's pretty much what you do, isn't it? I mean, it's what we do. Perhaps that's why we're the only people in each other's lives. <laughs> Emma's here and she's a nice person. That's true. She is very sweet. Um, so the breakup then becomes that maybe you should settle and realize that Dennis is probably the best you're going to do, which happens several times throughout the series. Spoiler alert. Um, and other relationship news, Jack Donaghy is dating Condoleezza Rice because obviously... <laughs> And he also thinks that allergies are just in your mind. He used to have a wicked peanut allergy, a callback, I guess, to him being from Boston, and then pops a peanut in his mouth. Do not take allergy advice from the show as much as you would want to. <laughs> um, allergies are not psychosomatic. I mean, I'm not a doctor. It's like, don't take advice from the show. Take advice from me, your local <laughs> podcaster. Um, do you have any allergies, Julie? No. They're all in your mind. All right. <laughs> No, do you have any allergies? Um, I'm allergic to like a lot of different like I'm allergic to major emotional interludes in reality TV shows. Um, those make me super itchy and uncomfortable. So like when we're just having a normal fun time where everyone's being flippant and annoying and it's great, and then suddenly there's this sad chimes piano music and we learn about someone's dead father's dog, and it's just like I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I don't need I don't need to be part of this. My main emotions are hungry and sleepy and like five <laughs> or six other dwarves. I think mine are sarcastic, bitter, silly. I don't know, we'll have to figure that out one day. We let's <laughs> please not leave the room with Jack and Liz because one of my favorite lines that Jack ever says is in there. She says, um, he says he's having trouble getting in touch with kind of Lisa Rice, and Liz is like, Oh, is that cause her head is so far up George Bush's butt? And then Jack says, I'll forget, I'll let that one go because you are a godless, glassy-eyed Clintonista, which I think is one of the funniest things. That was my laugh out loud is for the episode. I've laughed yeah. the hardest at that. And um, it is weird to just think of the time. Like, yeah, George Bush was still, George W. Bush was still president when this was airing. Um, back then, we thought that's the worst it could get presidentially. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, were we so wrong. Um, and... Yeah, he decides to uh, give her an attache rather than, you know, someone mentionables with snaps and buttons everywhere. Ugh. Which just like... Yeah, good choice, good choice. <laughs> the attache, attache. As I'm sure you surmise from that call, I'm seeing a woman of late. Yeah, who's the lucky lady? Let's just say she's a high-ranking African-American member of the Bush administration. Are you dating Condoleezza Rice? I'm not at liberty to say. The point is, my lady friend is an egghead, much like yourself. Not my usual thing, and I need your advice. We're having a lot of trouble connecting lately. She does a lot of traveling. Yeah, and it must be hard for her to get cell phone reception when she's so far up the president's butt. I'm choosing to ignore that remark on the basis that you are a godless, glassy-eyed Clintonista. Now, I wanted to get my friend something personal. Do you think that she would prefer this handsome attache, which says you are a woman of substance and I respect you? 
or this collection of ladies' unmentionables with snaps and openings all over the place. Attaché. I see. So then we go, and this is the big confrontation between Tufer and uh, Tracy. He's trying to get Tracy to wear in drag Shamantha. And what's her tagline? Uh, something about, don't make me, come on, Rodney. <laughs> something about, like, come on, Rodney, don't make me hit you with my boom, boom booms. booms. Her boom booms being her breasts, her, like, giant, fake, padded breasts. First of all, Tufer <laughs> comes... Um, for Tracy, because black men cannot do drag, um, someone needs to go see Nubia as soon as it's back in New York theaters. That's the drag performance with Bob the Drag Queen, Peppermint, the Vixen, Shea Coulee, and so many other wonderful African-American drag queens. And educate yourself, too, for because there's nothing more respectable than a black woman, man, or whomever in drag. <laughs> and that's the tea. Mic drop. Mic drop. Um, so that whole thing, I mean, just the start of it was just like, okay, like I get what you're doing where you're like trying to side two sides of the coin. Someone who's going into stereotypical culture as it's been portrayed in media that you feel undermines your like more quote unquote mainstream trajectory. I don't know. The whole thing was just like, I did not side with Tufer really at all in that. Except for when Tracy comes for him. I basically am just going to read the entire episode to you and have no thoughts Amazing. of my own. I love it. He's like, who raised you? Standing there with your pants that fit, using a wallet, and drinking Starbucks. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. The, just, the writing on this show is better than anything. They oh. are so funny. It never stops. Black Frasier was my favorite oh my little God. vignette of the whole season so far. I love Frasier in and of itself. Black, white, whatever ethnicity Frasier is in that moment. Amazing. And then we're talking about the Beaujolais being fruity and pretentious. And then like... That's not the only thing that's fruity and pretentious pret in here. And I love how it aired on BET around like 9 or 9.15. 9 you know, whenever they had time for it. <laughs> Amazing. Frasier in itself, wonderful. The fact that they made a black Frasier, incorporated that into this episode, wonderful. I also, the references that Tufer used for black people who refused to do drag don't hold up so great now. First of all, there's... <laughs> Mr. Cosby. Yeah, there's, there's Bernie Mac, who unfortunately, rest in peace, is dead. There's Bill Cosby, who wishes he was dead. And then there's Chris Rock, who hasn't really done much in a bit, but he hasn't done drag either. He's sitting at home on piles of money. I saw him on Comedians in Cars getting coffee. He is doing just fine. And he just produced a really cool documentary about uh, black hair. It was really good. Anyway, sidebar. Was that the one? Was that the one that won the Oscar? No, not that little short film. This was like a full-length documentary, but really good. Also, if you'd like to continue on the white savior route, like to Liz Lemon and myself, so <laughs> we're all into it. And he was in the Harvard acapella group, the Crocodillos. Oh my God, <laughs> how could you not punch Tufer in the face? He is the worst. It's it's honestly tough. And as soon as he had the drag thing, it was just like, um, widow Yvonne, don't like, don't come, don't come for us all with that that poor ass take. Not about it. Um, so then but, Josh agrees to do it because you know he was his parents raised him as a girl for the first ten years of his life, and they're all like, "What?" He's like, "I've told you this." We stand progressive parentage. I guess the true <laughs> beauty would be raising it as just a non-gendered being, but you know, 
It's interesting to get windows into uh, into Josh's life to get those little layers before he's removed completely from the show. He's a really weird character. He's a very yeah, strange. This episode and the one thereafter, episode nine, the baby show. There's a lot of Josh, a which lot of Josh. and very little Kenneth. And it's so interesting for those of us who have seen the entire series probably many times to see Josh as one of the preeminent characters, and then Kenneth as sort of an afterthought. And he never gets like a ceremonial goodbye that I remember anyway. We'll have to see. Uh, no, I think he just he just stops. They find the characters that work and he's not one of them. And so they just stop giving him content. White diamonds. That's what I have to say. To <laughs> yeah, I, I think Elizabeth Taylor probably killed him is what happened. Um, All right. But now yeah. we're moving on to like my favorite scene. When Dennis comes in to read his love note to Liz. Which, like, which one of us is going to read that verbatim? Because one of us go has to. Go for it. I think you, I've got it. If you've got it, you go. Okay. Um, the entire thing was gold. This was the best moment of the entire episode. And this is my unbiased opinion because I, unlike Julie, am not super smitten over Dean Winters. Just, like, the appropriate amount. So he says, Dear Liz Lemon, while other women have bigger boobs than you, no other woman has as big a heart. When I saw you getting ready to go out and get nailed by a bunch of guys last night, I knew for sure it was over between us. And for the first time since the 86 World Series, I cried. I cried like a big, dumb homo. And if it was up to me, we'd be together forever. But there's a new thing called women's liberation, which quote gives unquote. you, quote unquote, which gives you women the right to choose. And you have chosen to abort me. <laughs> <laughs> and that I must live with. So tonight, when you arrive home, I'll be gone. I officially renounce my squatter's rights. <laughs> like how do you even parse through that for the gold because it's gold it, through the through the entire thing it's perfect but all, really only dennis could get away with saying i cried like a big dumb homo and make me laugh that hard i just crack i, I died and then when he says you know you chose to abort me <laughs> there's nothing better I would like to use that. Let's the challenge for the week is to try and use that in a sense with a, an actual person this week. You have chosen to abort me. You've yeah. chosen to abort me. And that I must live with. Like I'm aborted, but for some reason I'm still alive and I have to live with it. Um it's because he's like so fucking tone deaf, but it's so earnest and he clearly just doesn't know better that it's almost like the intention comes from a relatively good place. Or he's just like super self. It doesn't con artist. Or he's, no, a, con he's artist. a con artist. He goes in the bathroom and says, I'm taking away my feet from the dog in this yeah. scenario. <laughs> she is the dog and I am my feet. No, none of that is earnest. It is all lies. And thankfully uh, Frank is wearing a hat that says Kung Fu Biatch on it at the exact same time. I love it. And then Jenna, in addition to most of the other writers' room, are like, I mean, you kind of bared a soul, and you're not actually that nice of a person. So maybe, you know, he is the feet, and you should go rub those feet. That The line about the dog was super fucking funny, too. It's like, I had my feet for a couple days, and he goes crazy. I show it to him, and he goes crazy. He goes crazy for it. He loves them. Loves my feet. Jack's like, wow, that's great. He's like, that's why I've just been dating 20-year-olds. He's like, let me tell you about 20-year-olds. Half of them are 16, right? Which is a foreshadowing. 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 And that Dennis considers them both alpha males, I think is hilarious that he and, <laughs> he and Jack are on the same level. They're the same. They're both they're both tigers. Um, and the Serengeti of... Tigers aren't in the Serengeti, are they? No, they super aren't. <laughs> they're both lions in the Serengeti of New York. Um, 
so far, when Liz has dressed up this season, she's full on 70s Linda Lovelace meets Dorothy Hamill meets Sally Field every single fucking time. And that's just such a nuanced and beautiful moment that I felt needed to be recognized. Are you feeling satisfied? And now it has been, and I feel great, Julie. Thank you. Yeah, that was exactly the reception that I hoped and dreamed for. As I'm so, researching 70s icons who have curly brunette hair. For minutes, Julie, for minutes I slaved minutes. on that take. Well, we sort of skipped over the first therapy session, which was like a small therapy session where the N-word is brought up and Tufer says it, and it's like torturous, and everyone's like, oh, it's so hateful the way it comes out of your mouth. So then we go to the big therapy session where our, our queen angel, Rachel Dratch, Rachel is back. Dratch, as the peer mediator. The, yes, and she's come to say, what are all the uh-oh words, you guys? <laughs> Let's Slut. just say all the things that you shouldn't say. Queer burger was my personal favorite. <laughs> uh, Fagatron, I think, is actually a word I may have used in the 80s. The Fagatron? <laughs> yeah. How would, how would you use that like in a sentence? Don't be such a Fagatron, Rebecca. It's my sister. Uh, (laughs) i thought it was like when terminator just come out and you're like what if terminator was gayer and you were like faggotron no but speaking of also attractive men michael bean in the terminator he is my man also but anyway these are my problems (laughs) is that like so like mr bean no not at all so our (laughs) uh words are slut hoe bitch biatch queer burger faggotron gay bird the word for black in any language in any language yeah and let me list them all right now. Oh my god, it's hilarious! I love it. I and I like Queer Burger because um, first of all, I love like Liz Lemon. I'm food motivated, so burgers immediately. I'm like ears perked up. I'm interested, much like Frank, our favorite listener. Um, queer, obviously into it immediately. If a show has a tagline, queer, watching it 100. percent And it reminded me of the Keenan and Cal show. Mm-hmm. Where it's like instead of Good Burger, it was Queer Burger, and I just imagine like an SNL takeoff where it's like, "Welcome to Queer Burger, home of the Queer Burger." May I like take your order? Gold, comedy gold, right there. Okay, they're not all winners, and we can all calm down. <laughs> um, but it did kind of remind me. Speaking of, because like Thirty Rock and Parks and Rec typically are comorbid delights of people like they love 30 rock and they love parks and rec because they have similar energies um but the uh uh-oh words reminded me of tom haverford's oh no no's from uh, (laughs) (laughs) when he was like that's a big oh no no i have relationship (laughs) rules and i call them my oh no no's um or you might get stuck on the dunzo list which is also not good the dunzo list is just like that's you get you do enough you rack up enough oh no no's and then suddenly you're done so and then when chris pratt's like i don't want to get on that list we gotta get out of here <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't want to be done so i guess we're doing parks and rec next after this obviously well, um, but yeah it's th- uh it's so weird seeing josh and tuber have legitimate storylines uh um, yes because that does not happen like again spoiler alert that doesn't happen frequently well, you know, as Mr. Martin Luther King says, I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Lo- <laughs> Mr. Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote the amazing Black Eyed Peas song by the same name. <laughs> I got, I got a, feel- a feeling that I want to have some <laughs> rights now. Baby, please give me equal rights now. Tonight, tonight, tonight. I don't actually really know how the song goes, but like I feel, I think that's how that's it went. That's good. Oh, and great. That was awesome. Yeah. So Tracy and Tufer start having their racial discussion, and they decide they're going to write a skit about it, and that's going to be great. 
And then uh, I don't ever remember seeing this, but Tracy inappropriately kisses Rachel Dratch all over her face as they're leaving that session. Oh. Yeah. I had not seen that before. It was disgusting. No, and it was very traumatic. As I remembered my encounter with my first girlfriend in high school, it was the same situation, except <laughs> I was Rachel Dratch, and it was just as unwelcome. So then we end up in Liz's apartment, and it's all clean, and it's beautiful. It's got roses on the table. The hotel or... Um, Hospital TV. Hospital TV is, thank you, up on the ceiling. The shelves are there. There's a note that says, I know this might be emotional for you. So there's a meatball sub in the fridge. And so she gets out her pros and cons list. Now, do you Which know what's on that waking? list? I do know it's on that list, yeah. Oh, we've done the same research. I know we did. <laughs> but I think you should take this one because I took the dentist everything. But yeah, so she's making a pros and cons list through the entire episode. And what are some of the things that are on it, Julie? Oh my God, so natural. I'm going to do the cons, you do the pros. Not super smart, listens to winger, dental hygiene, wears acid wash denim, always wants foot rubs, not much money, Catholic, doesn't like his mother, I don't like his mother, his mother doesn't like me, loves family guy, reads the post, insists on spending holidays with his mother, has already seen me throw up, attempted a three-way, racist, wears Italian horn, even though Irish, Jack likes him. What's on the pros list? Well, first of all, what's Italian horn? I could easily look that up, but I was just curious if you know. Uh, I don't. I only thought about it when I said it. You're uh, reading the pros list. I'll look up Italian horn. Italian, okay. It's like like an amulet or something. That's fine. Okay, so on the pros, um, did you say Jack likes him? Because that was a pro and a con. Because Jack came around and realized they were both alphas, and that became a pro and a con, which is emblematic of their whole relationship. So pros, basically nice. Um, <laughs> takes good care of his feet. Feet are very big. Like the foot fetishist of the world had a great episode this time. Well, he wants his feet rubbed all the time, but at least he takes good care of them. He takes good care of his feet. Well, yeah, because the Great Dane's licking it all the time. Ugh. He makes good chili. He remembers my birthday. That's Which a no one else to did. A couple no episodes. one else did. Yeah, no one else remembered her birthday. Rarely wants to do it, which is great. I Dream come true. Dennis is just like, I don't imagine that he's completely uninterested in sex. I just assume he's too selfish to actually want to do it with other people. So he just like furiously masturbates constantly. That's yeah. just the vibe I get. He's real uh, good at it, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, he's you're, <laughs> you're always the best at it. Um, <laughs> is funny when he goofs on his friends. Doesn't care about money. Loyal. Too lazy to cheat. <laughs> would increase likelihood of blue-eyed kid. So some more little casual Aryan racism there. Loves the Simpsons, which is a pro. Um, has good hair. Receding, but thick. <gasps> has, come on. Has already seen me throw up two times. <laughs> so the con was that he's already seen me throw up, but at least he's seen me throw up multiple times. So now it's a pro. <laughs> he fixed the TV and Jack likes him. What more could you ask for? I mean, that is my dream list right there. <laughs> I feel like the rarely wants to do it, um, too lazy to cheat, and makes good chili is the relationship trifecta right there. What more could you ever want? Has That's hair? just me. Like, good, maybe not a bit. Yeah, I know. I do like the sex. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm do in quarantine you? right now, and I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> just a I'm little casual rocking back and forth. Yeah, I know. And his okay. 17th vive of the day, but... Did you say... Did- 17th or at 17 by Janice Ian. <laughs> oh, the song that she sings, yes, at the karaoke, which we skipped over. Um, so, so yeah. then, <laughs> yes, so Liz then is starting seems- to rethink about it. Like, what should I do? Uh-huh. Definitely time to settle. The lady, the full bottom, has told her to settle. And then Dennis stops by with a present. 
because she's strong like a dude. <laughs> and then he goes in the room to get a plate and get her a diet soda. And then what happens on the television, Nick? Then suddenly, Dateline NBC <laughs> is on, and Dennis Duffy enters the house, where Chris Hansen is like, good evening, sir. And you never want Chris Hansen to say anything to you, because honestly, he's not super engaging. But especially when you're in that little house, he's inexplicably holding balloons as well, which is a nice <laughs> little touch. It's like, I definitely... So he's here to boff some chick named Mary, who, despite saying that she's 16, was Definitely 22. I, I swear to God, I could tell she was 22. She said she had an Asian boyfriend, and that stuff doesn't start till college. I don't know if this was that in this episode, but it comes up no, later. It was not. Um, but but I do like when Chris Hansen repeats and was like, boff some chick. It <laughs> was quite enjoyable. So anyway, Dennis Duffy is a predator, and then much as Liz's estimation of him is collapsing. So does the hospital TV and all of the shelves and their entire relationship comes crashing down. Bye, Dennis. But the good news is Tufer and Tracy wrote a sketch that, (laughs) oh, wait, Tracy decides to do one of Star Jones throwing up with every morsel of food she (laughs) consumes rather than the race relations one. And Tufer says, and this is way funnier. Did you ever right. see the Saturday Night Live with, um, oh, she didn't throw up. It was Dan Aykroyd and cut off her finger as Julia Child. And there's blood squirting everywhere. Sort of that same rigging. The same rigging, So she's yeah. like, I'm fine. She's like, and there's blood everywhere. But I, I enjoy it when they have some sort of machine that lets them vomit <laughs> consistently or bleed. Cute. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me laugh. I love it. Well, um, you know, any Dennis Duffy episode is a winner in my book so how many gemstones are you going to give this one well i'm going to give it more than 78 which is the equivalent of the imdb rating correct um so because basic math is something i can do (laughs) i i did like this episode a lot i don't think i mean i feel like episodes six and seven were like such winners and then eight and nine sort of like plateau a little bit but I'm still going to give it a strong 80. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Dennis Duffy, that's a win. I that- mean, he's fucking hilarious. And I do love how fucking petty Liz Lemon is at the end where everything collapses. Her boyfriend is literally just revealed on national television to be a predator. And she immediately does what? Writes this on her con list. It's like, well, this is going on the list, obviously. That's what I need to do immediately. Not throw him up. But it's like con. Major con. Love him. I'm going with a 93. Wow, loved, your highest so far. I love this episode. I thought it was... I got a lot of belly laughs out of it. Yeah. Um, I saw things I'd never seen before. I'd never looked up the pro and con list. Hilarious. Dennis Duffy is the best. And, you know, as someone even older than Liz Lemon's character at that time, being told to settle repeatedly is hilarious. And then we go into the next episode with a baby, and it's over. You know, it's hilarious. I loved it. I love it so much. Yeah. No, every every storyline, I will, yeah, every storyline was a winner. We had yes. the race relations one, that was a winner. We had Jack and Condoleezza Rice, who gets manhandled by Putin, which <laughs> was something we didn't even touch on, even though he fully touched her posterior, gropingly. <laughs> I can't believe they could even get away with that. Just to have a show and pretend that he's dating Condoleezza Rice, I just can't even, a I'm surprised. Time. NBC or GE or any of those people weren't like, you can't do that. Like, you yeah. just can't. I think everyone was just so over the George W. Bush presidency at that point because this was like 
2006, he, it was nearly done, and they were just like, I mean, whatever. Let's just like, he's a lame duck or lame eagle, as Jack would say, president. So just like, fuck it up, man. Let's just do some shit with Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, it was great. So unexpected. I love when a show shows you both sides of everything, right? So you're yeah. talking about racism and white privilege in a real way and in a joking way and in a smart way, and you're just like, wow, I love it. Lots of little hidden gems in this show. Um, yeah. Because it's not heavy-handed. That's the important thing. It is like a hidden gem. It's very subtle. It's super nuanced. And then sometimes it takes 47 <laughs> viewings, as we have both seen collectively every single episode, to get some of these layers and nuances and different elements to the show. So it's just like, it's eminently rewatchable. <laughs> Let's hope. Because <laughs> we was are like, watching like, it again and we love yeah, it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we well, love thank it, you all for it. joining us. Uh, for this, I'm like RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's just like, silence! <laughs> My answers! <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us for another episode of, say it with me now, Julie. Blurg! We'll get Blurg. it eventually. Um, we hope you will join us next week, next day, whenever we choose to post these. We're having a lot of fun with it, and we will come back at you with The Baby Show, episode 9 of 30 Rock. Blurg and bye. Bye and blurg. Bye, blurg. I got one last thing to say to you, and then I'll be out of your life forever. Dear Liz Lemon, while other women have bigger boobs than you, no woman has as big a heart. When I saw you getting ready to go out and get nailed by a bunch of guys last night, I knew for sure it was over between us. And for the first time since the 86 World Series, I cried. I cried like a big, dumb homo. And if it was up to me, we would be together forever. But there's a new thing called women's liberation, which gives you women the right to choose, and you have chosen to abort me, and that I must live with. So tonight, when you arrive home, I'll be gone. I officially renounce my squatter's rights. I'll always love you. Goodbye and good luck. I'll never forget you. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.